back in 2015. Uh, are, we, are we still doing this? Oh yeah, no, we keep forgetting to do these little retrospectives, but well, I made that sting. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, okay. In February 2015, we talked about the Celtic New Zealand thesis. Oh, we did that February 2020 as well. Hmm. Uh, we also talked about suppressed inventions, conspiracies involving political elites, and a listicle from Infowars about false flags. Whatever did happen to Alex Jones? Alex who? Anyway, in 2016, we discussed Grimes' view on the viability of conspiracy theories. Yes, that was before she got in a relationship with Elon Musk. Hilarious! Because it wasn't actually that Grimes. Anyway. Way to over-explain the joke. We also talked about conspiracy theories about the deaths of Antonin Scalia, and I updated you on my time in Latvia. Mm, you globe-trotting agent of mischief, you. Now, in 2017, we discussed yet another false flag listicle, um, the utterly fictional Bowling Green Massacre some Republicans insisted really happened, uh, a conspiracy Richard Nixon helped to uncover, and the mysterious death of Kim Jong-nam. 2018 saw us question the history of history, Introduce you to the man we call the Nunster, Devin Nunes, and Jordan Peterson. He likes meat. He does. He really, really does. Mm. Now in February 2019, we updated you on the whole targeted individuals thing, uh, discussed a new 9-11 inquiry. We should inquire into that. Mm. Uh, discussed the life and death of Lyndon LaRouche, and did a filler episode which was basically an excuse for you to be vainglorious. And I don't need excuses to do that. Mm. But that was then, this is now, this is the Conspira News. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Addison, sitting next to me as always, Dr. M. R. X. Dentith. Uh, back on the whiskey, I see. I Indeed. suppose it is the evening, it's a reasonable hour, no more afternoon records for us. And I've recovered from the drunken excesses of my trip down to Hamilton, well, Hamilton. earlier this week. Mm. You have to drink to survive down there. You do. It's the chlamydia capital of the country, I, you know. I heard that's not true. Really? Yeah. No, I was told that by students, and they were very proud of it. No, um, I, I saw local comedian Ben Hurley. Um, who, 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 being a stand-up comedian, tours all around the cities. And uh, knows about and, chlamydia. And knows all about chlamydia. He claimed that apparently Rotorua has taken the chlamydia capital off of Hamilton. What do they have left? The will to live, but only barely. Interesting. Mm. I'll investigate this because I am moving down to Hamilton yep. for the next four to five months, as I'll be teaching down there. So we'll be returning back mm. to the glories of an internet broadcasting system. Yes. But we're not using Skype this time around because Skype is awful. It just turned to crap. It was it was a bit de depressing, really. Yeah. It used to be so good, and mm. now it's just so... So-so, I think, is the issue. Yes. It's not bad. It's just... Not good. Mm. Is that because they want us to use stuff that's not free? Basically, yeah. yeah. Damn you, capitalism slash Microsoft slash whatever. That's all right. We've only got 12 years left, so everything is going to be fine. Yep. Now, a bit of an update. Mm. Last week, I talked about the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy's entry on conspiracy theory, which features me quite heavily. I mistakenly said it was hosted by the University of Texas 
Martin. Actually, it turns out it's Tennessee, and I believe Texas and Tennessee are different Not quite places. Not the same thing. No. But, I mean, essentially the same. I, I mean, America is sure. a very small country, yeah, so, so they, I, assume, I assume that Texas and Tennessee are pretty kind much of into 20 metres yeah, apart, yeah, maybe probably. even 10. I assume, I assume you can wave at someone in Tennessee from Texas fairly easily. One of those big gridiron glove things they have. With the, with the pointy fingers, yeah. the foam hand, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what you do. Anyway, it's the end of the month, uh, and that means news. So we're going to be taking you through some stuff that our patrons have already heard in, in the various Patreon updates, some stuff that nobody's heard, unless you have listened to the news somewhere else, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because we got the news from some, somewhere. We don't Someone actually invent, has, yeah. invent the news, although maybe we should. I think, I think one month we really have mm, to. Mm. Um, and just a reminder that if you want to be a patron, uh, that'd be peachy. Uh, we're still using our swanktastic... Oh, hang on, I was, you, we were supposed to not use that word anymore. No, we? I was, was not meant to okay. use it. Oh, you didn't I, want me to use it. No, that's fine, then I can. But our apparently, I mean, it seems a bit hypocritical that you get to say swanktastic whilst I have to flinch every time I say it yep. because you're going to hit me. Fine, our, our attractive professionally designed new graphics uh, paid for with funds from our patrons. So yeah, if you'd like and to join your And designed by someone ranks. who is now a patron, mm, mm. which is kind of ironic in that James, we paid you. Mm. Now you're going to now pay us pay back in installments, very slowly. But we're going to get that money back from Eventually. you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think you've thought this through. But thank you, thank you very much for becoming a patron of our podcast. Mm. Anyway. Uh, I think that's all the admin and, and what have you, so we might as well get straight into the news. The news we will get straight into now. Breaking, breaking, conspiracy theories in the news. Let's start with a bang, Joshua. Yeah, well... It's actually, that's quite that's a kind of a kind of an yeah. off-colour joke. Um, yes, uh, noted flat earther Mad Mike, Mike Hughes or Mike Mad Mike Hughes, I think he gets called in every news article, uh, has died, unfortunately. Um, Mr Hughes's claim was that he was going to get in a rocket that he had built himself, uh, fly it up to the uh, the Kármán line, which is basically 100 kilometres up, and supposedly where sort of the terrestrial becomes the extraterrestrial. It's obviously... It's, it's, it's where it's, space it's a, begins. That's, yeah, it's, it's kind of an arbitrary point. But anyway, yeah. he was going to fly up to that point and from there take photographs uh, illustrating the fact that the Earth is indeed flat and not at all round. Um, now, this like this wasn't... This wasn't quite a madman doing stuff in his backyard. He had built these rockets. He had launched them successfully before. Um, unfortunately, this time, things went wrong. He, he rode the rocket up quite successfully from the sounds of things, but his parachute failed um, on the way back down, and unfortunately, he died. Um, I, I haven't seen, has there been any word from the Flat Earth community to suggest he was he was killed for getting too close to the truth or something? No, as far as I'm aware at this stage, it's simply he was trying to support a conspiracy theory by doing an experiment, mm. which has gone disastrously wrong. What is interesting is that we have footage of the accident because Mike Hughes was being profiled as part of the Discovery Channel's TV series homemade astronauts. Now I want to stress that Discovery Channel appears to be making a TV show about amateur astronauts trying to launch mm. themselves into space, and I think that says a lot about our culture as a whole. It's also interesting that in the build-up to the show and all the advertising of the show, 
Mike Hughes does not talk about trying to prove the Earth is flat. He simply talks about how it's exciting to go up and try mm. to enter into space. Yes, I think the Discovery Channel wanted to to say, oh no, we we are we are sort of a scientific channel and didn't want to be openly promoting flat Earth theories. But because like... of that, we've got quite a lot of documentary footage of the build up to the accident and the accident itself, which is probably going to curtail the round earthers tried to kill and succeeded in mm. killing Mike Hughes because actually we can see all the setup and we know what went wrong. The parachute did not deploy. Mm. Yes, so I mean that's that's a bit sad, I guess, really. A fella died doing what he loved, I guess. Yeah. It seemed to be his, and certainly what, was his passion. actually a really, really horrific way. Mm. Uh, so something less horrific? No, no, actually, no, something more it's actually horrific? quite worse. Eugenics. So, yeah. Mm. So you may be aware that there was the whole Richard Dawkins controversy that occurred. Was it last week now or the week before? Yeah, last? yeah. Richard Dawkins is kind of becoming, becoming everyone's crazy grandpa, isn't he? he yeah, so Dawkins tweeted the following. It's one thing to deplore eugenics on ideological, political, moral grounds. It's quite another to conclude that it wouldn't work in practice. Of course it would. It works for cows, horses, pigs, dogs and roses. Why on earth wouldn't it work for humans? Facts ignore ideology. Which is a weird thing to say. It's like, yes, eugenics would work perfectly as long as you didn't take into consideration any sort of morality or the fact that human beings have free will and, and are not breeding stock. But Josh, I will stop you there because it still doesn't work. Well... As biologists and people who work with roses, which I'm assuming are going to be rosologists, have pointed out, the problem is the selective breeding we've engaged in for things like cows, horses, pigs, dogs and roses have actually made many of those species unviable unless humans are around to interfere with them. So roses now need to be pollinated by human beings. We've bred cows into docility. Horses have a whole bunch of genetic diseases mm. yes, now due to selective breeding. Dogs have dogs with, yeah. noses. Pigs also have a whole bunch of issues due to the way that we've selectively bred them. It turns out that eugenics doesn't work because it's actually not obvious, A, what characteristics you're selecting for, and B, what confounding factors are also going on genetically when you're engaging in that selective breeding. Mm. So Dawkins is wrong on all counts here. But the reason why we're bringing this up in a conspiracy theory podcast is actually because of the role of eugenics in the Boris Johnson government. Yes, so... Um... Uh, Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, hired a man called Andrew Sabisky um, to work in the government. Now, Sabisky is a self-proclaimed political forecaster. Not, not a futurologist, at least. I suppose that's some small mercy. Um, but yes, he's, he's basically said some severely eugenicist stuff. He's, he's argued that forced long-term contraception might tackle the problem of a permanent underclass, and he's also done a bit of the dodgy race scientist. Certain races, hint, not the white ones, have lower IQs than others. Specifically said black yeah. people have lower IQs. Yes, so, um, uh, yeah, a person who you would hope would not get anywhere near the levers of power. 
um, and yet kind of did until his views came out and then he was, um, or he resigned, I yes, believe, so didn't he? But, but, when it was pointed yeah. out the kind of views he had put forward and how they seemed to be incompatible with the so-called caring Tory party that is in control of the UK at this particular point in time, the Johnson government was remarkably silent on the issue and did nothing. So, and this is a weird sentence to say, Sabisky, to his credit, resigned to take the heat off the government. Because the government wasn't going to do anything, they were just going to wait it out. But Sabisky went, yeah, maybe I'm actually a bit of a thorn in your side, yeah, I'll go. More but it is raising good. questions as to why is Johnson and his chief advisor selecting people like this to help yes, run the Tory government. Yes, how did he get there in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so it's all a bit a bit of a pickle. Now we have... Um, okay, is this a new thing? COVID-19. That's what I'm hearing all over the place now, which from the brief bit of reading I did seems COVID-19 is the disease that the coronavirus causes. Yes, is that so, right? so yeah. now people are saying we should refer to the Wuhan virus or coronavirus as COVID-19, because it's the particular strand of it, because coronavirus is a very generic term for a whole bunch of illnesses, including what's suspected to be the cause of the common cold. And so when we talk about the threat of coronavirus, actually, coronavirus is already in the human population. It's that this particular strand mm. that was associated with bats is not, and it turns out that's the strand that we're trying to desperately control at this particular point in time. Right, so that's why I've suddenly started hearing newsreaders referring to COVID-19 and so on. However, I keep on hearing it as COVID-19 and saying that now crows. Yes, it, yeah. this is the 19th crow film. Mm. Oh, if only. If only. That second film was pretty bad. Well, yes, they all were, really, apart from the first one. The first one is good. The first one is a good film. People hated it at the time. A lot of their, I, read, I read reviews that were like act, actively hating on it, not just we don't think this yeah, is well, a I good actually, film. I did read something about that recently, and people are going, there was probably a, quite a lot of opprobrium towards the film because of the Brandon Lee death yeah. and the fact that it was a... A tragic accident on set that could have been prevented with a with better stage hands, etc., mm. etc. So many people went into the film or approached it from the perspective of this is a damned production and look, it killed a rising star. And now people are looking back on it, going, "Yeah, it's a really, really good film. Mm. What a shame that Alex Price's career has gone." Gods of Egypt. Yeah, mm. but even even that Nick Cage film he did. Oh, I never even watched that one. That was also yeah. terrible. Mm. That was actually where the rot started. I see. We can't justify talking about all of this, of course, because we, we have gone through the Brandon Lee's death in, in an episode on dead celebrities and so on and the various conspiracy theories around Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee and was it a conspiracy? It, was, it actually was quite interesting because it's one of the few cases where it's not was it a conspiracy or just a cock-up, it's was it a conspiracy, a cock-up or an evil curse? Yeah. We don't get to say that often. No. Anyway, back to... And also, wake up, sheeple. Exactly. Back to coronavirus slash COVID-19. So, I mean, you, you'll have heard, I mean, there's been a, a lot of, uh, well, good, good old-fashioned racism in terms of um, uh, uh, anyone's Chinese-looking getting avoided like, well, like the plague. Um, lots of, lots of it's a conspiracy stuff around where's it coming from, um, who's spreading it, was it a, was it, is it real or is it a bioweapon and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, but there's been a bit more esoteric stuff. 5G got a look in, I believe. Yeah, so this is a really interesting theory. So you'll have to actually bear with me. There are some people claiming that the Wuhan province is where 5G as a technology was birthed. This is false, but for the sake of the conspiracy theory, mm. we will accept that is a possibility. And that the COVID-19 virus is actually a digital virus. Now, once again, I remember viruses on the Omega 500, mm. and I don't ever remember those viruses make, jumping not just the species gap, but the technology gap, but there are lots of science fiction films oh, out yes. there where this does occur. Yes, so yep, yep. we'll bear that in mind. Apparently what happened was that humans have had a digital virus uploaded into them at stages over time. And what 5G, the technology does, is turn the virus on and off. So the argument is A, 5G is causing COVID-19, but B, you can never be cured of COVID-19. Basically, when doctors treat you, because they're working for the government, they use a device to turn the virus off, but they can always turn it back on. And this is, of course, part of population control of the human race. Yes, by Bill Gates, again. Not the first time he's been accused of population control. And not the last time. No, probably won't be the last. And then we had, yes, one of Alex Jones's guests, a man called um, Steve Pachesnik. Uh, also that. Mm. He claims to have been the first patient with coronavirus um, and also claims to have got better. So it's okay. I mean, to be fair, the coronavirus has like a 2% mortality rate or something, doesn't it? It's, yes, it's... although it does, it gets dramatically worse the older you get. Mm, yes. But there you go. Someone Alex Jones knows says it's all going to be fine. So if you can't trust someone Alex Jones knows, who can you trust? Although what's fascinating is that Alex Jones is very confused about COVID-19 at this particular point in time because you get his friend Steve who claims, I got it and I'm fine. And then you get Alex Jones the next day talking about how it's the greatest threat to human civilization, and it's all been bioengineered by the Chinese to wipe us all out. So Alex Jones is kind of trying to have it both ways at the moment, because it turns out that Alex Jones does not have much in the way of consistency in his interior Funny or that. external monologues. What's he broadcasting on these days anyway? Didn't oh, he still has his YouTube? own. Yes, but he's always had his own broadcasting oh, system. Right. You think things were basically reposted or streamed live to YouTube. But if you go to infowars.com or prisonplanet.com, you can easily opt in to enjoy Alex Jones. Right. But there's more. There's more. Um, we've also, I believe, in Patreon episodes, talked about how um, Russia appears to be getting in on the coronavirus conspiracy game and that um, Russian TV... Now, was it... I We talked about this last time and I've forgotten. Is it the Russian language Russian TV broadcasting within Russia or is it the English language Russian TV? It's the Russian course. language okay, Russian so, TV so it is broadcasting internal. in Russia. There's been a bunch of sort of conspiracy theories on the state, Russian state television, um, saying stuff like uh, the, the corona and coronavirus refers to the crowns Donald Trump used to give out in beauty pageants. I believe the corona is actually because the virus itself is slightly crown shaped. Well, you're, you're, you're just buying the well, conspiracy. Well, maybe I am. There, there, there's been a bunch of, of relatively wacky um, conspiratorial claims which are sort of presented as um, 
it's sort of, well, here's a weird thing, obviously, normally we, we, we wouldn't pay any attention to this, but someone said it, maybe we have to take it seriously, so it's, it's very... Um, and hinged. things like, utter nonsense, you'll say, and I'd agree with you, if it not for what's in our correspondent special report. Now, people have pointed out the correspondent special report in no way in these situations actually backs up the wacky claim. But if you're only just listening to the news and not paying much attention to it, you're probably going to spend more time on the introduction to a story than listening to an expert drone on for five mm. minutes, at which point the takeaway is, oh, maybe there is something weird about the story after all. And it's fairly clear from the way this is going down, this is Russia engaging in yet another disinformation campaign designed to make the West look as bad as possible. Mm. Now, I'm pretty. it must have been last month's news episode, we talked about the fact that um, supposedly a, a biotechnology lab in the Wuhan province had a company logo that looked almost identical to the um, Umbrella Corporation logo from the Resident Evil Look, zombie Josh, I think you find that Resident Evil. Uh, yes, if you're going to do it properly, but I'm not. And so people, and it was sort of all spooky, and then, but it did kind of look like this lab, which did have an umbrella-ish logo, uh, appeared to be from a completely different part of China, so that wasn't... wasn't At least wasn't from as, Hubei. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere quite different. Well, it was Shanghai, I think, it said on the... On the, uh, on, on the, the but it wasn't thing. Wuhan. But it certainly wasn't Wuhan, anyway. Um, and yet, um, there's a, a site called Zero Hedge, who are pro-Trump. Are they sort of an alternative newsy thing or a political thing? What's their... They tell the truth, Josh. It's not alternative news. They're telling the truth about the goodness of our own Donald Trump. Right. Well, at any rate, they, they said a scientist from Wuhan, who apparently they, they named... Um, had created, and gave out a phone number. Yep. Had created the coronavirus as a bioweapon, which uh, a plot that they referred to as being like a real-life version of Resident Evil. So people really Resident seem to want this evil. to be Resident Evil. Dom. Resident Evil. But unfortunately, it does not appear to be the case. No, no so it turned out... apocalypse for us. The scientist is a real person. The scientist does actually work on the family of coronaviruses. The scientist works on this particular version, COVID-19, and wanted to know why it is that bats transmit the virus amongst each other and suffer no ill effect, so was doing work towards that, and looking at potential vaccines, because it turns out that because coronavirus is something that's already in the human population anyway, people are concerned about other versions like COVID-19 jumping the species gap, so people have been proactively working on potential vaccines to this family of viruses for a long time, and Zero Hedge either mistakenly thought he was part of a bioengineering effort to make the virus jump the gap, or they just didn't care, they just wanted to smear a scientist in China. Hmm. But anyway, they've been removed from social media because of this. Yes. Turns out that doxing a scientist is one thing that Twitter doesn't like you doing. Well, that's something. Now, moving on. This is this is one we have talked about in a Patreon update, uh, but I th it's quite an interesting story. It's sort of the intersection of um, medical conspiracy theories and and corporate conspiracy theories. Um, there's a company, a San Francisco-based company called Practice Fusion, who write uh, software for sort of managing medical practices. Um, and the department, the U.S. Department of Justice, has basically um, 
has has convicted, if, if that's the right word, has ruled against them and ruled that um, they participated in a scheme to basically increase the rate of opioid prescriptions across the US. Within, Which is a crisis in America at mm, this particular point in time. Um, so working with, um, I believe, unnamed opioid manufacturing companies, uh, they, they, they tweaked their software so that essentially it would pop up recommendations to doctors and the practices that run their software um, saying, yes, it sort of has automated things, I, th I think essentially where the doctor will have entered certain symptoms, what's going on, and it would pop up these reminders saying, you know, based on these things, you should probably be prescribing opioids, do you want to do that? And apparently these things were popping up more often than they perhaps needed to, and supposedly the software was designed that way after input from the opioid companies. Yeah, so the opioid companies were, weren't just telling the provider, can you make our drugs occur more frequently in recommendations, they were helping design the software to ensure that their drugs were the ones that were being re recommended when a GP or some other specialist went, well, with these symptoms, you should probably, ooh, Opioids. You should have a round of opioids. In fact, I think I'll join you. Mm. So, um, uh, the practice fusion had to pay one hundred and forty-five million dollars to That's settle U.S. macaroons dollars to settle criminal and civil claims. Um, after it was judged that some of what they did went against medical standards. Yeah, some. Some, some of that is, it turns out, is not on. America, why is your health system so so utterly balked? Mm. Uh, now, George Soros. George, I'm going to I'm going to open with the same gag I did when we talked about this in the uh, in the patron one. George Soros, eh? What wacky things are people saying about George Soros now? Allow me to take a large glass of water while you tell me. Well, actually, it turns out that George Soros has not been made claims against. That was bad grammar, but rather George Soros is making conspiracy claims himself. Dun dun dun! Unfortunately, I don't really have listeners a glass of water, so I'm unable to spit it in Emma's face and surprise right now. Which is good, because then the recording would probably splutter to a halt. Probably, probably. So yes, George Soros has decided that he really needs to get involved in the whole Trump thing and wants to accuse Facebook of working with President Trump. So Soros released a open letter which I'm going to read to you now. Mark Zuckerberg should stop obfuscating the facts by piously arguing for government regulation. Mr. Zuckerberg appears to be engaged in some kind of mutual assistant arrangement with Donald Trump that will help him to get re-elected. Facebook does not need to wait for government regulations to stop accepting any political advertising in 2020 until after the elections on November 4. If there is any doubt whether an ad is political, it should err on the side of caution and refuse to publish. It is unlikely that Facebook will follow this course. Therefore, I repeat my proposal. Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg should be removed from control of Facebook. It goes without saying, I support government regulation of social media platforms. Mm. So, I mean... I kind of agree with him, but on the other hand, I'm not comfortable with the idea of billionaires just casually saying how they think the world should run or, you know, buying their way into the democratic primaries and so on and so forth. And also it is, it is somewhat amusing that George Soros, who has so many conspiracy theories leveled against mm. him and is interfering with things behind the scenes, would then so openly write that letter. Mm. Yes, no, he's he's... 
possibly a rod for his own back, but on the other hand, he is ridiculously wealthy, so probably, well, yes. probably he's going to I mean, be okay. The interesting thing here is the allegation that Zuckerberg is basically working with Trump mm. to help Trump get re-elected. Now, there's been a lot of suspicion about the way that Facebook is policing political ads and their unwillingness to do something without the government stepping in as a regulator. So you can kind of see that maybe under one way of looking at it, that Zuckerberg going until such time the Trump administration tells me to stop doing this thing, I'm going to do this thing which aids and abets the presidential candidate from the Republican Party. Mm. At the same time, you do kind of get the impression that Facebook doesn't really know what it's doing at the best of times and is scared of fiddling with its algorithm, which may be losing its money now because people just aren't joining Facebook and people are also leaving it. Mm. That said, I had, a, I had one of those spooky things uh, just today where a thing that I don't even think... I, I, I had made a Facebook post almost vaguely related to it but then an ad that was exactly a thing I'd been looking for popped up in front of me just today. Quite, quite odd. I've had, um, I've had, it wasn't, I've had Netflix pop up recommendations for me when I've been talking about it in front of the television, which does have a microphone because it can give you, you can give voice commands to it. So that was, yeah, it's creepy when that happens. That's all I'm saying. It is very creepy. And as the, is it as coincidence the... or do the algorithms work better than we? Imagine. I mean, it's one of those things, it's probably coincidence, and although that being said, the algorithm is based upon a very, very, very long-term data mining operation. Mm. So it's also also possible it is, it's not you talking immediately, it's more over time you're going to get these moments of, syn mm. of synchronicity, because the algorithm is pretty good at suggesting what you want 80% of the time. And sometimes that 80% of the time is going to be really, really spot on. Yes. Anyway, you mentioned Trump. We, um, we do have some Trump news. We have a specific sting for Trump news, don't we? We do, Should which we... we're going to put in right about here. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. So in Trump news... So the first thing we should talk about is Julian Assange. Yeah, that's been the sort of the, the, the most notable, I think, claim in terms of Russian interference, WikiLeaks, all of that, and so on and so on and so forth. Um, last week, was it? I think it was just last week. Um, there was the story that the US supposedly offered Julian Assange a pardon if he would publicly confirm that the DNC hack did not originate in Russia. Yes, yeah, so this came out during the depositions about the extradition of Assange to the US from the UK. And Assange's lawyer said, look, back in 2017, a California Congress member by the name of Dana Rohabaka came to the Ecuadorian embassy in London and basically told Julian Assange, if you go on the record and say that you did not get the DNC emails from Russia. Trump will give you a pardon and things will be fine. Mm. Now, this is being put forward in the court because America's claim that they need to extradite Assange, they need to prosecute him in the US court system for charges of espionage. 
Now, if it turns out there's a pardon sitting there, if Assange is willing to testify that actually X did Y, then basically the British courts might go, well, there's no need for you to extradite mm. someone that you're going to give a pardon to anyway. Just give them the pardon now. It kind of weakens the Americans' need to extradite Assange to the US. And so the lawyers putting this forward as a wrinkle that will actually cause the UK courts to go, no, no extradition. Who will then allow Assange to then take refuge somewhere else. Mm. Now, um, the, the, the Mr. Rohrabacher has confirmed in an interview with uh, Yahoo News that he, he offered to broker this pardon. It's not known whether he was actually acting under instructions, you know, whether this had come down from Trump, hey, go and offer Julian Assange a pardon, or if he'd, um, if this was sort of something that, that he or someone had come up with as an idea that they were going to take and then and then maybe bring back to Trump if it turned out it was going to work out. We're not quite sure about that yet. Yeah, so what we do know is that he suggested this course of action to General Kelly, who was then Chief of Staff in the Trump administration, and Kelly said, yeah, okay, go do, do, go do it, and we'll deal with Trump afterwards. But there's no indication that Kelly then went off and actually told Trump about the plan. Mm. But at the same time, just not something you should have been doing. No, no, it's not something you really want to hear, and just in any case. It fits into a whole bunch of conspiracy theories mm. about the DNC hack, because... As you may well be aware, Republicans are really pushing hard on the Ukraine did the hack, not Russia did the hack hypothesis. But also there's all that lingering Seth Rich was murdered because he's the real source mm. of the DNC email stuff going on in the background. Now, Rob Archer is a very famous defender of Vladimir Putin. He was often joked as being Putin's agent in California at that particular point in time, back when he was a member of Congress there. And so people are concerned that he had a very vested interest to defend Russia by getting Assange to say it wasn't Russia in this particular case. But yeah, there are all these other Ukrainian Seth Rich conspiracy theories circulating in the background, which kind of feed into the story as well. Mm. And finally, in Trump-adjacent news, of course, we have to talk about the Roger Stone verdict. So, Roger Stone, famous for, among many things, having a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. That is not a joke. No, nope, it actually did occur. It's, it's a real thing. Um, he was sentenced to 40 months in prison. Um, and as you probably know, the, the, the initial... Was it the initial sentence or the initial guidelines for, before he was the, sentenced? The guidelines mm. from the prosecution. The guidelines from the prosecution was that he be sentenced to seven to nine years. Um, and and Trump said, no, that's that's no good at all, should be less. Um, and lo and behold, it was reduced um, a fair bit. Um, and, and then we had uh, William Barr tweeting what appeared to be sort of saying Trump stop... Um, don't don't interfere, but then the subtext seemed to be don't interfere because you don't have to because I'm already doing what you want, and if you interfere, it just brings it into the into public and and um, makes it bad. And the numerous people resigning in protest at this um, interference, and we have uh, more than apparently more than two thousand now former Department of Justice officials uh, calling on William Barr to resign. Yeah. And what's interesting is that Barr is going to testify in front of the House Judiciary Committee next month, 
And this is bound to be a very big question. What was Trump doing? And are you basically acting as Trump's personal lawyer now? Mm. And then I still haven't got this straight, but I've heard suggestions because people have said, you know, here's Trump supposedly interfering in the sentencing, why not just let him be sentenced and then pardon him, as is, as is one of his powers, constitutional powers, not superpowers. I should point out, Trump, as far as I'm aware, has no known superpowers. Does he have supererogatory powers? don't think so. I'm actually fairly sure he does, no. but anyway. Um, People say, you know, why not just part? Why, why go through this rigmarole? Why not just pardon him? And I, I, there is an argument, the details of which elude me, that it would not be to his advantage to pardon Stone because then Stone would be able to testify in other matters or something like that. But I don't quite understand the technicalities. But there's yet another conspiracy theory out there, essentially, that um, Trump did this because he wants to get his buddy off the hook, but doesn't want to pardon him because that could also backfire. And there's also the possibility that. Trump can pardon Stone of a federal crime, but it also seems that what Stone did was actually a criminal activity at the state level as well. And so he just could be re-prosecuted mm -hmm. at the state level, and then Trump can't do anything about that because the presidents can pardon people of federal crimes, but not state-level crimes. Well, That's are. separation of powers, people. Mm. So separated, those powers. Now, that, uh, that's all we have. Uh, in terms of this news update. So there you go, everything that's been happening in the month of February, more or less. Yeah, ish. almost everything. Patrons did get slightly more they news did. over the course of the month. But you know, that's what happens when you're a patron Ooh. of the podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy. You get more news, whether you like it or not. And we hope you really like it. Yes. Now, um, yes, so, so usually during the month, um, the patron bonus episodes will be a bit of a newsy sort of a catch-up. Um, but because the main episode at the end of each month is a newsy episode, we make sure that the Patreon bonus content is not a newsy... Well, actually, this is kind of current events, but it's a particular interesting story, not um, just more, more news. Yeah, it's a story which brings in things we've said about Hobby Lobby in the past, mm -hmm. brings in a paparologist from Oxford University. Paparology. Brings in ancient Egyptian mummies, art forgery... Famous, historical forgery. Famous historical lesbians. I mean, it's, it's basically a story mm. for the ages. Indiana Jones with lesbians. Let's sell it like that. I'm fairly sure there was a canon film of that particular type. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Ken and Globus probably did do a film of that particular Almost type. Certainly. But anyway, patrons get to hear this exciting story yep. starring a character who sounds like he's come directly out of a Dirk Gently novel. Mm. Or possibly a Dan, by way of Dan Brown, but not as... Not as Ur, not as Vum, not as Vavavavum. Have you read a Dan Brown novel? I've read bits of Dan Brown novels. There's no er of a vum. Well, in Dan but, Brown. I mean, but they're, they're page turners. They're, 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 there's action. There's excitement. There's or intrigue. car chases. There's ca exactly. No, not as far as I'm aware, no actual car chases in this story. But I not, yet. Past it. not yet. Not yet. Um, so if you're interested in hearing that and you're not a patron, then belly well become one. What, what? Yep. All you need to do is give us a dollar or more a month, and you too can hear exciting stories about paperologists. Mm, that's the study of papyrus, I should say, not people who pronounce paper weirdly. Or... Isn't papyrus is a weird way to pronounce paper? Well, it probably is a little bit. Uh, but anyway, to, to, to you, our regular listeners who are not patrons, thank you for listening anyway, um, because 
because you're our audience and without you we're, we're just two people kind of talking into a into a couple of microphones for no reason like like a pair of chumps don't make us chumps yes mm. don't make us chumps podcaster's guide to the conspiracy says don't make us chumps good been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mr extended which is written research recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts monkey fluids and conspiracism Remember, Soylent Green is meeples.